Yeah, g'day, mate. You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. We are now joined by Dominic O'Sullivan to talk about the politics of indigenity in relation to the NZ general election. Hi, Dominic. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Awesome, thank you. Why is the politics of indigenity such a central election issue this general election? Well, I think what it, it might be easier to think about it simply as, as Māori politics, things like co-governance, uh, the Māori Health Authority and, and the Treaty of Waitangi more, more broadly. And I think um, there, there are a number of reasons why it's a, a big thing for voters to to be thinking about as uh, polls open, I think early polling opens next week. Um, firstly, we've got the ACT Party basically saying it wants to hold a referendum to rewrite the treaty mm. um, and to diminish its its meaning. And um, of course, the, the treaty was offered to the, the Rangatira, the chiefs in um, 1840 in, in good faith. They accepted it as a serious, ongoing commitment. As the Waitangi Tribunal has found, they didn't think they were giving away their right to be Māori, their rights over land and resources and language and and people. Uh, That that was never presented. It was never discussed on the day. Uh, Yet that's what the ACT Party referendum is wanting to reduce the treaty to. It's basically want to... Well, trying to diminish the Māori right to be Māori. And that's why it's really important. And then you've got the National Party saying it wants to do away with the Māori Health Authority. And I watched Christopher Luxton try to defend that um, uh, position on the leaders' debate the other night. And he really didn't come up with much of an argument for it. He argued that public services should be delivered under a single bureaucratic structure, but that single structure would still fund um, Māori health providers and so on. So I think a counter-argument to that is if Māori health providers are going to be funded, doesn't it make sense for experts in Māori health to make the decisions about, um, you know, which agency should be funded and to do what kinds of, of jobs? So that's in short why the politics of indigeneity or Māori politics is, is a big um big thing at the moment. Mm. Do you think media coverage and the rise of eco chambers and hate speech on platforms like Facebook is contributing to discrimination and racism? Oh, it, it is because it, it, it creates an unfiltered, unedited platform where racism and, and hate speech for many people is okay. It's just another part of public debate public discourse but where I think that argument falls down and where um, there are reasonable limits to free speech is when that free speech actually does harm to others and I'm not just talking about people saying I didn't like that joke it made me feel awkward I'm talking about real harm and we know for example that racism is a big contributor to, to poor health It's a contributor to things like depression, stress, high blood pressure, and, you know, the things that that flow from that. Racism also means that when kids go to school, 
they don't necessarily get a fair go uh, when the teacher decides whose uh, learning needs to prioritise, who can wait till tomorrow, those sorts of things. Um, so it does make a difference to people's quality of life, to people's opportunities to live in a, in a fair and reasonable and dignified way. And that's why I think racism crosses a, a, a boundary beyond free speech. It's, it's not the same as saying, you know, I prefer the Labour Party's economic policy or I prefer the National Party's housing policy. Um, it's, it's quite a different kind of discussion, I think, that can be deeply harmful to, to people's ability to, to live a reasonable life. Further on from that, do you believe or do you think that through the actions of the parties like ACT and National with making such bold claims, it will cause a further or create a wider division in race in New Zealand? Well, I, I think that the National Party, interestingly, has said it doesn't agree with the ACT Party's uh, referendum policy. Um, whichever party gets its way on that will depend on their relative strengths in Parliament after the election and also um, where that particular policy fits among all the other policies that they're going to have to negotiate and, and seek trade-offs and, and, and things like that. But I think if a referendum is held, it will be interpreted without any doubt as, as anti-Māori, as having quite a, a racist intent and undertone. The ACT Party, of course, will say that's not its intent. The ACT Party will say that its intent is to, um, you know, foster equality by treating everybody the same. The problem with that argument, which in itself isn't racist, but perhaps does embolden racism, and that's another issue. The problem, I, I think, with that argument is that um, we're, of course, not all made the same. We think about politics, we think about what's good and what's not so good through culture and with reference to our experience of, of politics and of life. And if colonialism is one of those experiences, then that's a distinctive factor and quite a, a powerful and important one. So when we're participating in politics, I think we're entitled to do it as us. I can participate as me, you can participate as you. And if we're different, that's okay. The system of liberal democracy was created because that's okay and we need to be able to manage those differences rather than let them come become points of, of conflict and contention. You know, the fact that one person wants to go along to a Maori health provider and one doesn't shouldn't be a cause of conflict. Yet the ACT Party seems to be wanting to make it one. And I, I think that's... Um, that's unfortunate and uh, we will be in for a really tense and at times quite ugly time if, if that policy is um, uh, pursued because like I said it will embolden racism even if the ACT Party makes a, a convincing case that the intent is not not racist and that's where you know you get things like Facebook and Twitter becoming forums for all sorts of quite nasty trolling and racial abuse of people. We've had a lot of that in Australia, as we've um, been talking about the, the referendum on the voice to parliament, which is coming up in a few days. Um, you know, some Aboriginal people have received death threats and, and so on, just for being Aboriginal. And, um, 
you know, that's not the sort of thing you, you want in politics. Mm. If there are any, what comparisons can be made between New Zealand and Australia in regards to politics of indigeneity? Well, um, when I talk about Māori politics as politics of indigeneity, that's to make a comparison with, with international experiences. And one of the interesting things about Australia and New Zealand is that the referendum I just mentioned um, in Australia is to take place on the same day as our election in New Zealand, the 14th of October. So it's a really interesting time to be able to make some of those comparisons. And what I'm seeing is that racism is entering public life. Now, that doesn't mean that all people who are voting against the referendum to create a, an Indigenous voice to Parliament are doing so because they're racist. Some people think it just won't make enough difference and they want something better. But there are certainly quite overtly racist arguments coming up on Twitter and, and Facebook and so on. And when people are challenged, they get extraordinarily sensitive about it, as as if you know, saying we actually don't want you participating in public life because you're Aboriginal is as fair a thing to say as we don't like the National Party's housing policy. Um, the two, I think, are extraordinarily different because of that question of harm and because of, of people's right to be themselves. We're all made differently. We're all born into a, a culture of, of one description or another and it's, it's a matter of, of human decency to stand by and let other people live in the culture to which they were born. And, um, you know, we're getting examples of people rejecting that, that premise and often doing it in, in quite violent uh, ways, as I mentioned, the death threats that some people have received in, um, in, in Australia. You know, the... Uh, trolling that high-profile members of parliament like Nanaia Mahuta receive on an almost daily basis on Twitter and, and Facebook are actually designed to make it difficult for such people to do their jobs and um, difficult for such people to live as who they are. And I think we're seeing examples of that um, in both Australia and, and New Zealand at the moment. And, and you see it in other places and in Canada, where we've had you know, the, the deaths in residential schools and both the, the government and the Catholic Church really struggling to work out how they should respond to um, what was effectively a, a policy of genocide carried out by, by people acting with their authority and, and, and so on. So um, we see these things all over the world and it is interesting to make these comparisons. But Ultimately, we all have a right to, to be who we are and a liberal democracy can cope with that quite easily if we give it the, the space and, and the will to do so. Mm. And finally, what can be done to challenge the division of race in the New Zealand election and voice referendum? Well, like I said, um, you know, some people in Australia especially, I, th I think it's, it's a bit more pronounced and... and um, intense and even nasty in, in Australia. Um, but I, I think, you know, like I said, people are getting quite sensitive about being called out as if we should all be as racist as we like, but none of us should challenge it. 
you know, free speech stops when um, somebody wants to, to say that racism isn't a good thing. Um, but, you know, by speaking about out against it, by pointing out what harm it does, uh, we, we perhaps make a contribution to diminishing its, its influence. Yeah, now Seeds, that was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.